0: It is Friday. You know what that means?
1: John L., the big man at MLB Moving Averages, Cork Stats Podcast. This is the Odds Checker MLB Friday video. I am Drew Martin. Follow me on Twitter at Drew DrewMartinBets. John on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. We're breaking down the games on today's slate, going over a couple theses, philosophies, on the diamond john welcome in happy friday
0: to you buddy yes Same do you you know drew i kind of listen i think fast i talk fast that's kind of my thing I live in sixth gear. I see you and I find a seventh gear. I swear, I get so excited. I get, You know what it is? When people say you get up for the game, when I see you, man, I get up for the game, you and I have kind of found this one plus one equals three thing. We've been doing very well. We're printing cash and I'm having fun. The feedback I've been getting has been incredible. Listen, you know, we are entertaining people, but nothing gets me more than people saying that they're learning, you know, they're learning from us. So. Dude, let's just keep it going, man. This has been so great. More than I could have expected. Absolutely, guys. Each and every Friday here Odds
1: Checker. And actually, might be moving the times to get a little more shelf life. More on that to come. But guys, stay tuned. Social media, we'll get that out to you. John, let's start off this Friday slate, buddy. With the game we actually agree on, we were going over the games. We didn't talk about it beforehand here, but uh, on the Friday night slate, it's actually a nationally televised game on MLB Network. We get the Miami Marlins and the Boston Red Sox, Perez and Petit going here for the fish, eight and a half the total, minus 165 to as high as minus 170, yeah. guys. If you're checking odds checker out there, that's the Red Sox at home in Fenway. I'll throw it over to you first, John, on what you like. I'll follow up with what I bet personally. Have at it, buddy.
0: Yeah, a, a couple things I really like. One, you know, Miami, again, they kind of carry some bad team bias, Drew, something you and I talk about. However, they're getting a new reputation, and that's for developing young pitching that is top level, right? I mean, now the guys at the Mullins were all out are no joke. Trevor Rogers goes out. Now he's a favorite. Sandy Alcantara goes out. He's a favorite. And I made the mistake of hearing potee you know, a guy I never heard of, thinking, like, oh, maybe just kind of a, a gas can, maybe just a filler. And it looks like, Drew, they have another pitcher that's stuck. Granted, it's only 17 innings, but 106 ERA, .71 whip. He went five, gave up two. He went five, gave up none. And again, it's very easy to think, all right, maybe we kind of have a jag, right? Adjust a guy, quality five innings. He went seven, gave up none, 13 Ks, only two walks on the season. And another thing you and I have spoke about – um, the change in the ball, right, now our expectations. So we used to hear 47% fly ball and, like, start to shake and be like, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. But 15% line drive, 30% pop-up, and within that 19 hour rate, 226x, I mean, the off-the-page numbers, Drew, just go on and on. Those are no joke. So the pitching is legit here. This is not like us just kind of chasing prices, which I'm always weary of. It's a delicious price, but we do want to be weary of it. And listen, Perez has really just been okay. He keeps the ball in the yard. But again, when you pitch the contact you could be a victim of of batted ball luck. So I think the Marlins have the pitching edge here. Of course, I I know Boston offense certainly has the edge, but right now they have not been very good. And one thing I'd want to point to with the Boston offense, Drew, this kind of took me by surprise, just how bad the disciplinary metrics for Boston has been. Mm -hmm. 31 and a half percent K rate. That's worst in the league. Last seven, that's 300 plate appearances. CSW, that's cold strikes plus whiffs. Worst in the league, over 32. In-zone contact rate below 78. That's bottom three. So if you were ever going to draw a time to attack the Red Sox, I think today would be it. And for people who know I'm a bit conservative you can get the F5 run line, right? That plus half run line that we love so much. We could cash on a tie at even money. So I, I love that. You know, where I, I feel like we have the pitching edge. We're going up against a quality offense, but one that's kind of in a lull. So all we got to do is play them to a tie for even money. I think we're going to cash that one today for sure. I like it, John. And I'll throw on one that's correlated here. I'm on
1: the fish Plus 144 for the first five. So risk 100 to win 145 if yeah. the Marlins are winning at the end of the five innings. Now, first off, I want to throw out there why I'm making it first five, John. It's because Yimmy and Floro, the 8-9 guys for the fish. Uh, Floro threw 27 pitches yesterday. Yimmy Garcia has gone back-to-back days. And they're a really sleeper in surprising 8-9 combo here in MLB, so I'm worried about their availability for tonight's game. But even more so, and you hit on a couple of these points here. One, the Boston Bats have slowed down a bit, just an 86-weighted-runs-created-plus number the last week. And going up against Petit, like you talked about, a former fourth rounder, he shot up here to the MLB, just a 1.06 ERA, .71 whip, 17 innings, only two earned runs here, the 26-year-old UCLA product. And going up against Perez, the 30-year-old Venezuelan, decent but. This is a stat I love here, John. His velocity is down a mile and a half from the yep. start of the season. That could mean, you know, an injury. It could just mean, you know, it, his velocity was uh, kind of more in the beginning end of the season, and now he might be a little bit more of a bet against here as the season's going yep. on. All of that put together, we're getting a healthier Marlins lineup. You yep. talked about it in terms of the Marlins kind of having that aura of not a good team, but with a healthy lineup, we know their pitching staff here. Petit kind of being pushed down in the rotation this big dog at plus one and 44, John, yeah. I like it in the first
0: five. Yeah, I think I think the price is off. And I also, again, Drew, this happens every time you and I talk. I talk about how every time you and I talk, you need <laughs> these great little nuggets behind. And there's one thing that I want people to know, and this is kind of why you come to us. You know, it's what we do. And what you mentioned, not just fastball velocity, which certain people bring up. You are talking about an intra-season, you know, trend. And that's important because anybody could look at the average. And again, averages will get you in trouble because they don't really tell context. But you're talking about a shift within the season. Those are one of the most actionable stats for me with within season, I think we got him for five innings. I really, again, we're not right, we're not talking about Marlins World Series, and we're not saying they're going to score 100 runs. People <laughs> tend to fail. Well, T, people tend to miss that when they're making their bets. Like, well, the Marlins can't possibly beat the Red Sox. We most certainly can be ahead two to one after five, we most certainly can. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, you know, it was last season that they went uh, on that little run
1: into the playoffs there. Um, kind of carrying it over to this season as the lineup gets a little bit healthier. We got Colorado and Pittsburgh up next, John. Kind of the happy hour special here on the on the East Coast, 635 Eastern. We're seeing Colorado with John Gray on the hill, Keller on the hill for the Pirates. Almost a pick price here, John. Seven and a half the total and one of the more
0: beautiful parks in the country in Pittsburgh. But uh, what are you liking here? Rocks and Pirates. Man, it's the Game of Thrones, right? It's the Young Wolf of Winterfell. Give me John Gray all day. You know, I've been tracking this career, and he's been really close to putting it all together. Of course, pitching in cores doesn't help, but we're not in cores today. And this year, yeah. I mean, he looks—he looks excellent. Three-four ERA, one-eighteen WHIP, the OPS at six-fifty, which we really like. Granted, the strikeout rate at twenty is a little bit low, but you know, the the walk rate is in the single digits, which we do like. You know, And he's going to pitch a contact, which, again, is okay when you keep it down 53% of the time. The hard hit rate in the 20s, a 3% bow rate. And again, I've always now, I've been highlighting blasts, Drew. For people that are unfamiliar, just simply put, if a barrel is the best, outcome, right? A best combination of launch angle and exit velocity. A blast Mm -hmm. is the ideal subset of barrels. So think of it as the barrel of barrels. It's the Cadillac of barrels, Drew. So those are the new numbers we're going to be talking about. And again, people are going to say, hey, weren't John and Drew talking about that like eight months ago? And yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) Drew and I were on this first. We want to get away from barrels, people, because of the calculations. We want to get into blasts. His blast rate is at two. His home run rate has always been over one and a half per nine. And now it's at three quarters or a little bit above that, but below one per nine, all the expected stats are excellent. He is working the slider and the change to those opposite corners. And I think that's always what's so important when you get that deceptive element to an arsenal and a pitch comes out the same way, but they break opposite ways. Yes. Great right now for me has just been awesome. And I don't, I don't even really want to get into Mitch Keller, Drew. I'm not really sure what... People are still chasing. I'm, I'm seriously. Two years ago, it was all the potential. And then a year ago, it was all the potential. And now this year, it's all the potential. And all I keep seeing is the 7-8 ERA, the 1-8 whip. These are not like paper numbers, like numbers you could just paper over where, oh, it's a little bit high. Dude, he gets he gets rocked consistently. His misses are, are consistently off. His entire pitch map is over the heart of the zone. I mean, the Pittsburgh offense is not good. Colorado's not great either, but we definitely have the edge over Pittsburgh. So I think we're going to run away with this one. I'm actually surprised the line is where it is. I have this more at a 155-160, and I've seen that at like a 115. So to me, that's a smash spot. I think we got this one. I like it, John. All
1: okay, right, so the Rocks is uh, another look here. Guys, I want to throw out a quick one. Milwaukee and Washington towards the top of the card. 705 Eastern first pitch. Two lefties, Anderson and Lester going at it. Uh, looks like you can get the Nats minus 115 favorites here, so risk 115 to win 100. I know Lester's been a little shaky here, but Milwaukee... K rate in the last seven days. Talking about, you know, current form of lineups. Milwaukee, one of the coldest lineups in baseball. And Anderson going for Milwaukee, 17 strikeouts, eight walks, and 29 innings. That's not going to work long term. And add on the fact here, John, Milwaukee Brewers uh, bullpen. you, You would think kind of like they have that aura of a great bullpen because big names Well, I'm not so sure. I show them in my numbers, middle of the pack, and that's when they have all of their arms ready to go. The thing is, their top three arms, Williams, Hater and Sutter have all gone back-to-back days so that those later innings watch out here for the Brewers bullpen. I know Lester's a little shaky here, guys, but a one-unit play, John Lester and the Nationals to kind of bounce back here. He is a veteran, and we're getting a lineup number six in baseball versus lefties, Anderson being a lefty. I think we get the better bullpen, the better lineup here, and it's just a minus 115 price for the home teams. I like the Nats, John. Anything on that? And also throw it over to you for the nightcap because I feel like we got to hit
0: on the Giants and Dodgers and the NL West, buddy. You got anything in the nightcap? I think, I think for Brewers Nats, I think you really nailed it. I think the Nats have a three-phase edge. It's true, Leicester has not been the greatest, but you don't have to be to win the game, right? We have the pitching edge, we have the offensive edge, and like you named, you got the. I think they had the bullpen edge at full strength, so I like that one for sure. It's, I mean, Anderson in particular, he's a pitcher we've been following on cork stats because generally I would avoid ground bowlers, right? Lead bowlers, the guys that throw those heavy sinkers, which Anderson is one of those guys. However, I don't know if it's the change in the ball, but it seems to be because it's been a running theme with sinker bowlers. He has really, really struggled with that pitch. It has a 650X slug and he hasn't pulled back on the usage. So we're seeing pitchers whose who's featured pitch is not. I don't want to. I don't know how you'd even put it. Maintaining its movement profile, let's say, and he's kind of being stubborn with his usage. So we talked about bow rates. He has a listed sixteen percent bow rate. My antennas just blew out of my head, so I went to check the true bow rate, those expected stats, the adjusted stats that I always talk about. The adjusted rate is still fourteen. His blast rate is eight. So think about that. He has an eight. A, an eight percent bow rate could be considered troublesome. He has an eight percent. Blast rate. You've got to get away. You've got to get away for Anderson altogether. He's he's right now, he's washed. Until he makes an actionable change, he's washed. I think you got that one in the bag. Drew, I think you're gonna get that one early. I actually was circling that game, but because of Lester, I was thinking more I want maybe the team total. So I think our, our analysis is along okay. the same line. But I think, see, but I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's like yeah, the team total sounds great until they win four to one. And you cash <laughs> and I don't. I'm just saying, you know, every time, anytime the grass Sounds greener, there is always kind of a back door, right? That trap door. Now, what I wanted to get at is a bet that I hit yesterday. And mm-hmm. I, I plan on hitting it again. <laughs> and it's funny because we talk about narratives constantly. And the Giants are – they are like the official team of Cork Stats. You know, they are my team. The Giants are my team because they're a blue-collar team. They play hard every day. They play up to competition. And they're not well-liked by the public. So we get phenomenal pricing on the Giants. And they're very good. Okay? The Giants are very good. The pitching is very good. People drew are having trouble understanding – the giants also we mentioned the rays earlier the giants are now a a reclamation team okay the yeah. giants when the giants bring in a pitcher expect a change Now, at this point, please, it's just Alex Wood, and it's just Kevin Gossman, and it's just Anthony Discofani. There's no way you're going around the league and shopping SP3s, SP4s. These guys are not aces. They took Gossman from the O's. They made him into a boss. Discofani was discarded by the Reds, who would love to have him right now. But the Giants fixed him. So I'm not going to get too far into Disco besides that. You get the new pitch, people. Throw away the old stats. It's a different picture, okay? So he has a new feature pitch in that slider. He has just taken off this year. He's been phenomenal. The sub-6% blast rate, ground ball over 50%, 289x Woba. I mean, all the things you want. And the thing I like the most... He got the doors blown off him last time out. He absolutely got the doors blown off. And it was this Dodger team, something that I know you've talked about because I'm a follower of yours, Drew. The Dodgers that he just played destroyed him. I expect him to be very good today. I expect him to go, again, five to six with no more than two earned runs and have people be like, but I don't understand. The Dodgers just killed him. That's not how the game works. So give me... Give me the, uh, the Giants again with that plus one and a half. I saw that as low as minus 110. And to be honest, if you're a little more adventurous, they might win this one. I'm just a little trepidatious of Bueller because Bueller is very, very good. But I think the Giants can hang with a run. So I love that plus one and a half when we have a quality team. I'm loving that bad. I'm going after it again today.
1: Love it, John. Uh, So, guys, in recap here, we got uh, Colorado the Rocks. We got uh, the Miami. We're kind of lining up in different forms on the fish in the nightcap, John, like in uh, San Francisco and Discofani to bounce back there. Um, John, I also wanted to throw in, you know, the the, the Washington Nationals onto that uh, at the minus 115 price and throw it over to you. Anything in closing? Because I know we're up against it uh, time-wise, buddy. But uh, anything before we shut this down?
0: Um, I think it's more of an approach – to a big slate like this, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's hard. People often ask me, like, how do you limit yourself? And I think that's what I want to say is, you know what, Drew? There are a lot of plays that I don't really like, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to push it. And it's very tempting, especially. And I'm the first to I work extremely hard. My podcast—I do every single game with all these advanced stats, you know, all the advanced stats and all the all the details. And sometimes I do all this work and say, no plays. And you just have to be willing to, to accept that that we're not in the business of forcing these things. We're in the business of profiting. And I'd like to tack on my favorite small lesson, and it's because losing stinks, right? So everybody knows that, Drew, but we're going to do what me and you do, and we're going to quantify it, okay? Losing is very bad. The reason why is because you have to work harder to get it back just shoot, just in quick. If you have $100 and you lose 10%, you're down to 90. If you make 10% back, you're only up to 99, and that's still a 1% net loss. And if you continue that, you end up at zero. So what? that's what that means. If you're unsure at all, because bets are never certain, right, Drew? We don't predict the future. So when they don't fit into our parameters, you don't take it. No bet is better than a bad bet. That's what I wanted to leave with. He's John L. I'm a at MLB
1: Moving Averages on Twitter. Check out his podcast, Court Stats Podcast. John, always fun each and every yeah, Friday. Guys, we'll, we'll we'll be back with the uh, updated time for next week. Going to get a little bit more shelf life here. Yeah. So for uh, John, I am Drew. Guys, uh, thanks for joining us. Best of luck with your bets.